Hi, Ash Marshall Adele with the Attune to You podcast. And today I am joined by Winter from Winter Sky Art. Welcome, Winter, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It is going to be super fun. I'm a huge fan of crystals and druidry and, of course, intuitive art and uh, spirit-led business. So it's yeah. going to be such a fabulous talk today. Good. Yes. So I'm super curious, how actually did you get started with your crystals, the Petrian, and also intuitive mm. and spiritual counseling? Well, you know, it's funny. I don't think I actually got started with it. I think it just um, happened. And it was a natural evolution of, um, I am a very Renaissance person and I have done so many things in my life. I've had so many different jobs and things that I've done, but they all have a common thread of um, being drawn to a job or a, a discipline or something um, because there's either something there for me or I have something to offer. I'm not, I don't really make like hard deliberate choices about my path. I sort of um, let myself be drawn. So um, I think my fascination with stones and rocks and all that kind of stuff comes from a childhood of uh, beachcombing and camping and hiking and being out in nature all the time. And my dad in particular, you know, being very um, interested in encouraging that with me. And so I've had that as a thread forever. Um, but I spent a long time uh, questioning um, why I'm here, what I'm doing. And I actually had a very interesting existential crisis in my 30s. I was working for a tech company and uh, I, I, I was driving myself crazy wanting to know things like why am I here why are we here I needed to know the answer to that I was like really determined and I actually went to a, a therapist and I said I, I I actually feel like I'm driving myself crazy I feel like I need to know the answers to like the fundamental questions of reality and she's like you do not need to see me <laughs> like I have this really good friend who's a, a zen buddhist priest you need to go talk to him and I did and he was fantastic and when I sat down with him for the first time, it was like sitting down next to the deepest, stillest pool of water. And anything could be dropped in there and it was accepted. And there was no judgment about it. There was no, this is right, this is wrong. It just was. And that's who he was. Like he was this incredible still pool. And I knew that that was not my path, but I really resonated with that idea that the, the question didn't matter. It was more about, can you just let it go and, and just let the next thing come? And so after I had that experience and we moved back to Oregon after many years, um, I found myself really dissatisfied with uh, going back and doing the grind of work. And I had, I'd worked at, I had a consultancy for a long time. I worked for tech companies. I worked for nonprofits. I did all this very traditional kind of, um, kind of work. And then we came back to Oregon and bought the property where we live now. And all of a sudden I had this opportunity to um, be here and not have to move for the first time, maybe in my whole life, I could actually get rooted. Mm -hmm. And once I sort of made that decision, then the things really started to come. And that's when I started um, I actually originally started working with malas because I was the yoga teacher for many years and I still teach yoga nidra, but I don't teach uh, hatha anymore. Um, 
And so I've been introduced to the mala and that idea of having a tangible thing in your hands that you could work through as you were saying mantra or meditating really resonated with me. And I did make malas for a while, even taught people how to make them. But I realized pretty early on that that really wasn't my path, that that belongs to a different culture, which is an amazing and wonderful thing, but it wasn't mine. And um, so I started to develop a uh, uh, a different a different path for myself that that had that same like tangible quality of touching and feeling and holding which I think is really important for us as humans I think it really grounds us when we we hold on to something when we're elsewhere in our minds so that's how that came about that was a really long answer but <laughs> that's how I got there right. and uh, I will share this part um yeah when I first had you come up on my radar, I call it. Yeah. Um, I didn't know why I was tracking. I did. And then months later, um, I can't remember, did you reach out to me or something? I or, did. Yeah. Yeah. And you made this for me. I did. You did. And, <laughs> and I was sort of like, holy smoke, you know? Um, and I have had such incredible experience with this, fabulous mm. Um, beautiful um, let's see I know it's Jasper Jadeite mm -hmm. Prenite mm -hmm. one more thing I guess tourmaline doesn't it I think it might be it yes yeah Black and uh, the tree of life which is a big thing right yeah yeah in quite a, a variety of cultures so mm -hmm. um, and if you look on her website which I highly recommend everyone you will see phenomenal creations mm. which when you start diving into crystals and intuition especially mm -hmm. intuitive um, creationism yeah that whole crystal um aspect what drew you to making with the crystals because wow lady <laughs> i think because i shouldn't say think that's one of my bad words I feel because um, when I when I handle stones like that, um, not so much the beads, although that came later, but when I would handle stones, I would I would have a really strong idea of um, not their properties so much of, but their like individual intention um, to maybe even like an individual person. And then when I started playing around with the malas and things, it, it kind of crept back in a little bit. But then when I discovered um, a page run, which is, it's like a Celtic rosary or mala. Um, and I'll just answer your question about what they, what they are now, because I think it's really important to understand and it ties directly back to um, why, I, why I work with the things that I work with. Um, it's a tradition that started on Iona in Scotland um, right at the time, the intersection um, between the Druids and the Christians when they first came together. And um, St. Column Seal was like a, he was not a saint at the time, he was a Druid, um, but he kind of saw the writing on the wall. And he said, okay, so how can we put these two things together so that we can keep our traditions and our roots and our connection to the natural world and our, our beliefs um, but at the same time, not be overrun, essentially. So he founded a monastery. And from that came 
this um, this form, which for me is wholly not Christian at all, but it does deal with the 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 three forms of the goddess, the three phases of life, and in Christianity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like, there's a reason we all have threes around things, right? It's it's not a coincidence that that it's like that. Um, and so when I coupled that idea that um, we could walk ourselves through any situation from that perspective of um, we start with a birth of something, an idea, a feeling, a, a notion, a business, like whatever. We start with that, that birth of that. And then the next thing that happens is we walk it through its life and then everything has an ending. So we walk it through its ending. And if you can sit and tangibly walk yourself through that with, with what I've made or what you make for yourself, um, there's a grounding in that that I think is, is really important. Um, so when I had that kind of idea percolating around in my head, um, I didn't even have to think about what I wanted to work in because the, the stones are the things that dictate where they're going to end up. So like for your piece, for example, there's a ton of like grounding in there and heart. And when I, I don't remember why I, I picked up on that with you, you had posted something. I don't know if it was your podcast was starting or you, there's something you were working on. And I thought, Oh, it's so perfect. Like, um, a grounded place to work from the the trinity of however you want to envision it and then that that heart piece of of it's the the chakras follow that pattern the stones follow that pattern um and druidry follows that pattern of um the colors the properties the feelings um all associate um in my hands when i go to pick them up so when i sit down to work i don't even know what i'm going to do I'll just sit down and I might have a small piece to start from, but lots of times I don't. Um, I'll just sit down and, and I'll even have just a feeling or an idea come to me. And honestly, most of the time it's for somebody. It's I'm not just making stuff and putting it out on the internet and selling it, although that sometimes happens. But almost every time, even with the hundreds of things that I've sold, people reach back to me and say, I was looking for something to do X. And I saw that piece and that was it. And I made that for them. Maybe they find it, maybe they don't, and it doesn't really matter. But most of the time, people will come back and say, I was, I was looking for something to, to show me how to be more unburdened. I was looking for something um, that helped me be more creative. I was looking for something that um, you know, spoke to the passion I have inside that I can't express. And I saw that piece, and now that I have it in my hands, that's happening for me. I don't know. It just kind of all happens. It's, it's, I don't have like a, I don't have a particular system or, or way of doing it. But once I found the form and then I had the stones and I already had that sort of innate sense of, of what they say to me, those just naturally went together. Um, I don't work in dyed stone for the most part. I try really hard to buy sustainable, which is difficult in the crystal market. There's a lot of, um, well, there's a lot of imposters, but there's also a lot of, um, you know, ways that things are acquired that are not super great. So I always try and work with small, small dealers and try to the best of my knowledge, you know, work with people who are legit. But um, yeah, that's Thank why you. it happened. Yeah. 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 Because they, they, they speak to us. Mm -hmm. Really, they really do. Um, yeah. And it's just that energy and it's so amazing and beautiful and so healing. When you look at the meanings, 
yeah. and putting them together in a certain pattern, it creates a definite flow of energy, which yeah. creates an effect or a person. So yeah. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. I even have, I have a particular friend. He's uh, very much not of any of this world. Like he's very pragmatic. He's a, um, he's a software programmer. He uh, lives in the South and he's a progressive, which is not an easy path. <laughs> um, and he's just a very, very like grounded in our, in this reality, pragmatic individual. And for his birthday last year, I sent him uh, a piece that was made out of a, uh, uh, mahogany obsidian which is a, a dark it's a dark stone with a deep mahogany streak in it and he opened it up and he's like rah, rah, you know sending me that <laughs> sending me that druid stuff what are you doing but he put it next to his bed and he says that every night he when he, before he goes to sleep he puts his hand on there and he just goes right to sleep and I was like I'm not saying like, that has anything to do with it but you know, whether it's the feeling that I have in it or, I know, or, or he just really needs it, even if he can't say it. I love, the thing I love about it is that it works whether you want it to or not. Yeah, energy, energy is energy. That's right. So whether you believe or not, it doesn't really matter. Like it's, if you have it in your hand or you have it near you, it's going to be there. Yeah. Yes. And I love that about it. And, um, because they do the creative field that helps shift so much, right? Mm -hmm. So when we find those things that resonate with us, it's like, you know, that kind of feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so good. And um, that intuitive-led portion of creation is so different than sort of slogging through right like I will make this right whereas mm -hmm. if you allow it just comes forth synergistically I would say right Which yeah is an experience yeah yeah it's the difference between making something and creating something um and I think making things is really great I make things all the time especially when I sell at renaissance fairs because you know people are not cruising through the ren fair usually are not going to take the time to sit and contemplate an expensive-ish piece of jewelry they want something quick and cute and fun and I do some of that for that particular market um I'm sure some things sneak in there too, but for the most part, you know, they're just, they're, they're fun and, and cute and, and people are excited to see real stones and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but cr creating something is a whole different process for me. Um, I don't deliberately sit down and pick stuff out. I, I sit down and feel stuff out. Um, and so it comes from an entirely different place when I do that for sure. Yeah. yeah, it does. It's such a good place too. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And um, so I'm super interested in how crystals um, in the more Celtic tradition mm -hmm. combine with your intuitive and spiritual counseling. So let me back up before we get there. And yeah, yeah. What, what is it in your counseling that you do with people I would mm -hmm. love to hear sort of a, a picture or a mm. whole of that so it's 
it's kind of hard to explain it in um in a container because I feel like it's different for everyone. Um, a lot of times my counseling or spiritual counseling or intuitive counseling work with people starts from yoga nidra, which is, um, it's not an active yoga. It's like a meditation. The name actually means yogic sleep, but it's kind of a misnomer. Um, and it's not guided meditation either. It is literally taking your consciousness to that place right before you fall asleep when your conscious mind is resting and your subconscious has a chance to raise its hand and be like excuse me <laughs> i have something to discuss um but you're in such a relaxed and um safe and supported space that whatever raises its hand is really okay um and so i often start um, when I'm working with people, we often start from that place because it all all of the things that happen in, in yoga nidra come from you. They don't come from me. And so that can really surface for people things that they're um, either unaware of possibly or are deeply holding on to and don't have a way to get to. Like th there's just no way to process or or discover it because you may not even really know that it's there. You just have an, an instinct or an intuition that there's something that's just holding you back or holding you in a place. Or, or um, often I find people get very attached to things and they really want to hold on to them, even though they probably don't serve them anymore. So yoga nidra is a great place for that. It's also amazing if you have a hard time sleeping, if you have PTSD, if you have trauma, um, any of that kind of stuff, it, they actually, in the Western, in Western medicine, they actually use it for people who have severe trauma, soldiers and um, people who have been in combat or in extreme situations. Um, it actually allows people to rest in a way that is very deeply felt and in a way that a lot of us don't rest because we, we don't sleep well, a lot of us. So it's a useful tool, like from a very pragmatic standpoint and from a more kind of intuitive uh place it's um it's useful for helping you surface stuff that that you are just maybe not able to get to um once i've worked with people and they and they want to maybe go a little deeper or explore down that path um i have a process that i do with folks um it helps you build a soul seat have you ever heard of a soul seat yes I yeah do. i know exactly yeah that. yeah so I have a process, it's a meditative process. And what we do is we build a nematon, which is a Celtic word for glade in the forest. And yeah, so we go and we build a nematon inside of your mind. And when you do that, you're building a, a place for your soul to rest. And when you create that space, which can take a while, you know, you, it's the process of it. Um, there's a lot of unwrapping of things that you want to hold on to and a a lot of actual traveling in your mind to find it and create it and all that kind of stuff. But once you do, then whenever you're in a troubled place, you can just close your eyes and drop into that nematon because you've made it. It lives in you and you can just be there and then you can do whatever it is you need to. You can rest, you can relieve your anxiety, you can let go of your anger, you can, you know, let go of your sadness because you've created for yourself this cradle essentially where you can go and sit and just be where you need to be inside yourself and, and not out in the world if that's what you need to do um so i that's that's 
that's one of the places that that um that I work. Also, um I don't really take people on like a client. Um usually people find me when they need me. And so it's it's less of like uh I'm out with my shingle and you know waving waving people down. It's much more um people find me when they need me. Um and then we embark on a journey and we decide what it is that we're trying to, what we're trying to unwrap. Um, and so those are a couple ways that, that we might do that. Um, definitely when you have either built your nematon or you've practiced yoga nidra many, many times, lots of people find that um, having a stone or a crystal with them uh, becomes like a, an active or uh tangible talisman that they can put either on their altar or a dresser or wherever to remind them that that space is there and they can just go they can literally grab it and pick it up and be like oh yeah that's what this is um and the patron does that also but it, it, for me in an even more profound way especially because they are often purpose created by me for whatever it is you're you're working on um so it's not just that tangible reminder of picking up that stone, picking up that crystal. You're actually picking up the tool that walks you through that process. So that's how my work works. If it works the way it works. Yeah. Seems like a pretty awesome kind of work. Yeah. It's, it can be really super profound. I've, I have gotten um, to the point with my, with what I do to release my own attachment to it, that it needs to be a certain thing. I think I tried for a long time to kind of like put it in a box that other people could recognize so that they could see it was there and they could come and do it. And then I realized, well, that, that's just me. That's my ego, my attachment, wanting people to come and find me. But that's not how it's supposed to work. How it's supposed to work is that I encounter people and, and they recognize something and they raise their hand. Kind of like you did a little bit, Ash. I mean, it wasn't like, I did reach out to you, but it was very much like a, I could see your hand waving, you know, <laughs> so I was like, ah, <laughs> but that's and, how uh, it normally works. Yeah, <laughs> it's not amazing. <laughs> not, not many people talk about that aspect of it, but one of your guides came and said to me, because I was not ready, mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, okay, all right, well, yeah. hi, thank you. Yeah. Again, yeah. that was yeah. and exactly what was required at that time and yeah. it's helped in so many ways and yeah and what I loved when you said uh Nibitan, so when I when I first started my journey a huge part of it was druidry mm -hmm. goddess Nematona mm -hmm. is for sanctuary yeah dusk and dawn liminal and that was yeah. a huge part of the early journey right because all of us mm -hmm. need that sanctuary so helping people to create an internal sanctuary because you know everything outside is always changing yeah over inside when you find that space that fills that yeah. um part of you with that time and safety and feeling of oh okay i can let go here it's yeah huge. Exactly. yeah we don't have that <laughs> no we don't have that and the world is not just changing the world is like fluctuating wildly now so being able to drop into a space of safety that's entirely yours. I think that's the thing that, that I really resonate with with my own stuff is um, I'm a conduit, but I am in no way making something for you. It's 
being created for you. And if it happens to be spiritual counseling work, you are making that yourself. Like it's entirely yours. I don't have any like preconceived ideas or influence on what it's going to be like because it's very, very personal. And so for me, like that's the most important part of it is to, to not be in the way of what someone's experiencing. And I think sometimes every once in a while, when we, when we engage in this kind of work, it's hard not to want to like put your own two cents in there because (laughs) you may feel like really strongly that you have something to add, but really you probably don't. Um, It's probably something for you, for you, um, but not necessarily for them. So understanding like that boundary of, um, of, of what's coming through you versus what is you super important in any work like this, I think. Yes. Like standing to the side. Mm-hmm. So they have their whole self and you're literally yes. just standing beside them and helping them to see. Yes. And them to understand themselves through their own languaging, through their own creationism and through their own intuitive self and being. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. People are yeah. so much more powerful than I think they know that that's mm-hmm. belief. And it's just being able to tune into that and mm-hmm. understand and arrive at it. Right. And it's a mm-hmm. process. It's such a process. And so it's so beautiful that you do that work. Yeah. I had a, I had a teacher early on who other people would for, refer to as a healer. And she always really disliked that because she felt that as a practitioner, there was nothing she could do to heal someone else, but she could help them heal themselves. And that's always really stuck with me that we are not actually healing people or changing people or it's not about that. And so when I'm engaging with people, like that's kind of a differentiator for me. Like, are you, are you a healer or are you helping someone heal? Are you a creation? Do you make a creation or, you know, does the creation come through you for some other purpose? I just, I think it's an important little distinction. And it is, and it's, it's very interesting, the languaging, mm-hmm. the languaging. And when you start really tuning into that and you start learning more and more and more and you're like, mm. oh, all right then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a different understanding and relationship with and to. Yeah. And so that's also fascinating. And I also feel like when we heal ourselves, we are creating the mm-hmm. opening and the space for other people to do that work for themselves. So I think there's, yeah. you know, everything ripples out, you know, yeah. in all directions. And so there's so much um, loveliness and wonder available, you know, through, yeah. through that. Yeah. And when we open up to the idea of allowing that intuitive guidance to come from within and, you know, obviously through you. Yeah, exactly. It it definitely makes so much more than anything we could ever do by virtue of from just ourselves. Right. Yeah. We're so limited. Whereas anything, you know, it's all interconnected. And when we allow that, that is what creates the hugeness. Yeah. That's right. Pretty phenomenal. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So when you do what you do with the crystals and Mm -hmm. 
the sanctuary um, and you settle into that space for yourself, mm-hmm. do you meditate to get there or is it literally just feeling into it? I don't think that I ever sit down and meditate. I think I walk through meditation all day. Um, Sometimes it's the meditation of washing dishes and folding laundry. And sometimes it's the meditation of sacred work. But for me, it's all a flow. There isn't any, I've really walked away from the conscious decision-making of I am now going to go and do X and it comes to my spiritual work. It's much more, feeling compelled and then going and participating in that. I'm trying hard not to um, put qualifiers around that work anymore. If I can, if I can, Um, I said earlier that um, that think is a bad word for me. And another bad word for me is should. (laughs) I, I really don't. I'm really trying to stay in in the flow of not saying I think that and instead of saying I feel it because that's a whole different energy unless I really do think it like I think two plus three is five I don't feel that I think that but (laughs) um but I also the taking the word should out of my um not just my daily practice of being a person but my daily practice of whatever spiritual endeavor I'm going to engage in I really want to stay out of the should and be in the the what is um, and that state of being. And it's actually the thing that I probably work with people on the most is this idea that there is not necessarily an action that results in something for you to be in in the flow of what you're of what you're um, creating or or um, producing. Um, that action oriented sort of need to take a step. We are all pushed so hard on that all the time in in our mundane life. And even to some extent, I think in our spiritual life that I feel if I can stay out of that energy and instead just be, and then things come from that, that's a more authentic way for me, for me, it can be different for other people, but that's that's where I am with it. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. Yes. Cause should, Oh, that's such an, there's a lot of weight on that word. Yeah, it's a difficult word. Doesn't really allow you to relax into the flow. No, it's an expectation word. Like there's, there's a, there's something attached to that. And I think in Western society, we have a lot of rules Um, and not all of them are bad rules, but we have a lot of them. And so we're possible to um, not buy into that. I think it's, I think it's, I was going to be thinking, I feel that that is important to, to, to allow ourselves to not be pushed into something either by ourselves or by an outside force. And instead of listening to the, the inner feminine kind of sitting there and just observing and being. Yeah. That stillness that's deep within you because, you know, you have your own knowing. Yeah. And, Divine plan or purpose or whatever, however you yeah. feel into yourself and your languaging, right? There is yeah. all comes from within you. And yeah, it's yeah. it's 
always very interesting. Always. Yeah. yeah. So much um, fascinating that you learn from the journey itself and to become yep. authentic self. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I was going to ask about what your recommendation for being in more flow, freedom, love, openness, and wonder. However, mm. you already gave such a great answer. Do you have any other um, recommendations? Uh, you know, it's funny. I really thought about that when I was when I was when I was looking over the the things we wanted to talk about today, and um, I feel like. For anybody, listening to that true inside voice, even if um, the choice you're going to make doesn't make sense, <laughs> I feel like I feel like um, I, you know, I had to really work with myself on that for a long time. You're going to do what? But I feel like when we lean into the unexpected, that's where a lot of that comes from. And it doesn't have to be a big unexpected. It could be vanilla instead of chocolate. You know, like I really surprised my partner the other day. He was like, you're having a vanilla ice cream? Do I even know you? I was like, <laughs> you know? but that was my impulse that day is I wanted vanilla. I didn't want chocolate. Um, and even that like that little unexpected moment like opened this whole conversation of, between the two of us about you know, why we choose the things that we do sometimes that we wouldn't have had if I hadn't, you know, made a different choice. And that was like, I mean, it's kind of silly, but it's like one little tiny thing, but it led to this really like interesting conversation that we probably wouldn't have had. So I feel like to, um, to be conscious of when those little moments come up and maybe picking, you know, door three instead of the same door you always walk through can really free you up. Yes. I mean, it puts you in a completely different headspace. You know, like when you go, like people talk about it all the time, when you go from one room to the other and it's like, you can't remember what you went into the new room for, but you go back into yeah. the old room and it'll come to you again. Mm -hmm. Fascinating how the brain works, you know, mm -hmm. between so mm -hmm. much. And yes, choosing something different or just whatever that kind of comes from within, even if it sounds like, why would I do that? I don't even mm -hmm. like that. Like, like, I don't know, two weeks ago, I am not a, a hot dog person. Like, I'm just, that's not me. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I ate two of those things. Oh my gosh. Sprout <laughs> and onions and mustard. Um, mm -hmm. I might even put relish on it and they were the best things ever and it was yeah. really interesting like really mm -hmm. interesting and my yeah. husband and kid are looking at me like all right <laughs> yeah. interesting choice yes and and to your analogy a little bit you know walking from one room to another and not remembering and then instead of going back going forward and seeing what happens can be really interesting <laughs> yeah you yeah. know, instead of yeah. instead of turning around, like, what if you just kept going? Who knows what would happen? I've done that, and I've circled my whole house, and still had to come back to the room because I really didn't know what I did with my keys. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you do have to be practical for a moment. And be like, huh? Oh, they're in my purse. Yeah, <laughs> in my purse. You'll enjoy more of those moments as the years go on. I can tell you. <laughs> it's so. 
uh, fascinating how much we change in so many ways and aging as a process in and of itself mm -hmm. brings so much different. And yes, except I feel like I have been a crone for 50 years and I'm just finally caught up with myself. <laughs> My husband used to tease me about that. I am a huge, I love music of all genres, country mm -hmm. really isn't where I, and I don't, Tibetan prayer music, I just don't jive with. Sure. But I would, I love the big band area and I would sing Kalamazoo, you know, from yeah, like a lot of golden lyrics, modern. Yeah. I can't do lyrics, but the old stuff I can. He's like, what are you, like 80? I'm like, yes, I've been yes. since <laughs> I was like a teenager. And I feel like when I hit 80, I'm being the most authentic self ever. And it's just, just sort of exactly. a joke, right? Yeah. It's funny that way. Yeah. And how you feel and what you resonate with. Mm -hmm. And um, just interest. So yeah. much interest when you start sort of paying attention to all these different little things that yeah life or show up in your life how you that's know. right yeah that's right i thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you winter yeah it's nice seeing you again it's very nice to see you also and everyone you can um find winter sky art i will leave the link in the description and again thank you it was such a lovely chat yeah, nice to see you